Good afternoon, fellow Patriots. This is Matt Shea, and welcome to Patriot Radio, broadcasting live from deep inside the heart of the future Liberty State. Brought to you once again by On Fire Ministries. In the legacy of Dr. Stan Monteith, bringing you the story behind the story and the news behind the news, where it's not about right or left, it's about right and wrong. It's about our hope not being in man, but in Jesus Christ. About not ending in prayer, but moving to action. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Father, deliver us from the evil one. Welcome to Patriot Radio. Don't ask me what you know is true. Don't have to tell you. He saves everyone, no matter what your background is. Jesus Christ has come to save us. What a beautiful video that is. And good afternoon, fellow patriots. Today on Patriot Radio, well, we're going to have some tough topics. But the first is we're going to learn how to identify the fifth column in the United States of America and also what to do about it and the fake threat of so-called Christian nationalism and also, we're going to hear from Pastor Casper McLeod on Disease X, the next pandemic, and what to do about it. Wow. On Patriot Radio, we bring you more accurate information and faster than the legacy media. And our heart is for you and your family to be informed and prepared for the times ahead and indeed the times that are already upon us. No fear. We were made for this. This, this summer is the summer of harvest. Everybody should know that. Let's be praying that Jesus Christ sends more harvesters into the field. Well, we're going to start with our Bible teaching today, coming to us from Acts 7, verse 51. Acts chapter 7, verse 51. This is Stephen, the first martyr, talking to the Pharisees. And I want you to, to really pay attention to this and listen to the heart behind this and also how this helps us identify the fifth column inside the United States and inside the church. Candidly, you men are stiff necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears are always resisting the Holy spirit. Notice he didn't bring up Jesus right there. He said, you're always resisting the Holy spirit talking to, to the Pharisees. Now remember the Pharisees believed that the Holy Spirit stopped moving sometime around the time of Ezra. So when Jesus Christ came in power and was moving, well, that couldn't be the Holy Spirit. They couldn't have to change their theology. No, 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 no. They had to call it the enemy. And Jesus rebuked them harshly about this. 
But because their heart was hardened and because their ears weren't open, because they thought they knew so much, but it just wasn't so, they resisted the Holy Spirit. And then it says this, you are doing just as your fathers did. Which one of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? They killed those who had previously announced the coming of the righteous one, that's Jesus, and you have now become betrayers and murderers of him. You who received the law as ordained by angels and yet did not keep it. This is a powerful word for us today. So much that we think we know just isn't so. And we see this happening everywhere in the United States right now. So many people that have become parrots, they've become useful tools of the Marxists and have taken Marxist attack narratives and tried to put them forward as truth, even though they're clearly and demonstrably false. And we're going to get into this right now. First, I want to define the fifth column. Now, here in, in Jesus's day, you're talking about Pharisees, the people that should be the church, but they weren't. They came against the real church. They beat the prophets. They persecuted them. And so always you can, one of the things that you can tell is a key hallmark of the fifth column is they're always trying to tear down. And generally speaking, they never really get to the truth. They just take a little portion of the truth to tear people down. And so you, you can see and spot the fifth column from a mile away. They will pretend to be Christians. They will pretend to be patriots. But Really, in their hearts, they are there to destroy, and their words are always and constantly destructive. Even when they're called out on their untruth, they're called out on their demonstrably false statements, they continue to speak it because their, their mission, intentional or unintentional, is actually immaterial. Their mission is to destroy and to subvert and to tear down. So fifth column the definition is any group of people who undermine a larger group or nation from within, usually in favor of an enemy group or another nation. Uh, one person put it this way. It means domestic actors who work to undermine the national interest in cooperation with external rivals of the state. The activities of a fifth column can be overt or clandestine and, and they can be secret or they can be public. But regardless they're always meant to tear down, to subvert, and to try to undermine. So this, at least in modern times, started in the 19-teens, in the 1920s with the Soviets. And the Soviets called this, they had a specific name for it when they would attack a person in the political realm and try to tear them down because that person was the greatest threat. Hear what I'm saying right now. The greatest threat to them and holding on to power. So the Soviets would pick out people that would be the greatest threat. 
Donald Trump is an example. Yours truly is an example. Where They would pick people out that were the greatest threat to them. And then they would invent a narrative, invent a false reality, and then try to back that up with a whole bunch of things taken out of context and then try to tear them down. And this was called an active measure. And active measures specifically by the Soviet intelligence arm were, were something that was described as political warfare. And it involved everything from espionage, propaganda, sabotage, even assassination. But active measures continue to be used in Russia today, but they continue to be used throughout the world with communist organizations. And, and their, their goal is to influence the course of world events in addition to getting reactions and collecting intelligence from those reactions. And it includes media manipulation as part of that overall political warfare. So th those are active measures. And what... What the Soviets very clearly relied on and what the KGB relied on, the communists relied on, was they, they wanted to take active, these active measures and have buy-in from the people who should actually be fighting them. So they became useful tools of the Soviet regime. In other words, they would unintentionally sometimes buy into these Soviet attack narratives, these communist attack narratives, and become a useful tool and a fifth column to tear down the United States of America. Now, Yuri Bezmenov talked about these four stages of subversion, the first stage being demoralization and the next being destabilization. And, and part of the demoralization and destabilization phase was to undermine the very values that made America great. Now, the founding fathers, almost to a man and woman, believed that Genesis 1 and the mandate in Genesis 1 of be fruitful and multiply meant revival. That's where the first great awakening, second great awakening they were based on these ideas. But then there was also a second part, and that was to take dominion. And that was, in other words, reformation, to transform the systems of the world and to influence specific areas of culture, media, business, government, whatever, so that it came more into alignment with the plan of God. Now, the Soviets, and, and by the way, they were the source of virtually every single peace movement that has come forward. So if you see like a peace justice action league or something like that, most of those have a root in the Soviets and specifically the common term 1919. All right, so the, the anti-war movement was an attempt, it was an active measure to paint Christians who believed in revival and reformation, and you have to have both. Look at the, the Jesus People movement of the 1960s and 70s and, and then into the 80s. It was a wonderful revival, but the enemy went after the institutions. While the church was going after the individual, the enemy was going after the institutions. And so you have a great revival, and all of a sudden, the country is going like this because the institutions were attacked by the enemy.
So to understand this process very simply, you have to have revival and reformation. And all the founding fathers believed in this. They believed in taking dominion. But what the Soviets did then is they said, okay, we're going to paint Christians as violent people anytime they resist the active measures that the Soviets were putting forth. So anytime Christians resisted it, they would always try to paint Christians as somehow being like trying to enforce Christianity, to use force to impose the gospel. Now look at anybody who is actually a Christian knows that the gospel can never be imposed by force and it doesn't need to because the gospel is power. The words of Christ are power. So when, when people say that, you know, all Christians are trying to enforce this and force it down, people say, no, no, they're not. Nobody's trying to do that. You're just trying to be part of a Soviet attack narrative, specifically from Vladimir Lenin, and I'm going to get to that here in a second, to try to paint Christians that way because they're resisting the active measures of a communist revolution. That's what's happening. So, for example, uh, the biblical basis for war. All these people in the media kept going, oh, so it's a manifesto. Well, first of all, it's a bullet-pointed thing. Manifestos are typically screeds that are full sentences. Secondly, it is clearly a Bible study. And, and more importantly, it was in a file that had the Law of Land Warfare briefing. It had many different articles on warfare and the history of warfare. And it also had the teaching of the just war theory, which is what we teach and what has been taught in the U.S. military, actually, for generations. In fact, everybody that would go overseas, they would be briefed on the law of land warfare, and it would be brought up the idea of just war theory. Um, I had to do that uh, when, when we went over to Bosnia. I had to do that when we went over to Iraq. But, they, but the media will never tell you that. They will never put the rest of the folder out there for everybody to see and judge for themselves. Oh, hey, clearly, this is a Bible study on one of the most controversial passages in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 20. They'll never say that. Because you have to study those things that people raise questions about, right? They'll never say that. They'll try to use the active measure put forward by Soviet intelligence, KGB, actually back then it was the NKBD, to smear Christians. Now, here is what Vladimir Lenin said. If we can bring that text up right now. Listen to this. This is what Vladimir Lenin said in 1909. The combating of religion cannot be confined to abstract ideological preaching, and it must not be reduced to such preaching. It must be, notice he's using religious words because communism tries to hold itself out as a religion. It must be linked up with the concrete practice of the class movement, which aims at eliminating the social roots of religion. And ultimately, the social roots of religion are what is kept in the heart of a people. He is literally saying that the only way to come against Christians is to annihilate them across the face of the earth and from the face of the earth. This is genocide. These are the roots of genocide, communism and socialism. Look, at you cannot be a Christian and be a socialist because either you don't understand the origins of Christianity or you don't understand the origins of socialism. 
Karl Marx was a Satanist. You can go read his poems, 1837, he wrote them. Very clearly, he was into the demonic. So the root of socialism and communism is demonic. It is, it is rooted in the sin of envy, to be very specific, in the sin of pride. But what they're saying with these things is that ultimately, the way to get rid of Christians, if they resist, is to ultimately kill them. This is a genocidal statement from Vladimir Lenin. And oh, by the way, that's exactly what has happened in the history of communism. Under Joseph Stalin, millions died because he believed this. Under Mao Zedong, millions and millions, you're talking actually tens of millions, died because he believed this. Everywhere you see communism, ultimately you'll try, you'll, they will see fit to try to perpetrate genocide against Christians. And so when Christians resist, that's why they have to paint Christians as violent because they're actually projecting onto Christians what they're doing themselves. Now, with that said, Rob Reiner has linked up with, now Rob Reiner is an atheist. So I, first of all, an atheist trying to tell me about Christianity, uh, you don't have the authority to speak into that. You're, you're dismissed out of hand. And I've had, I've had several atheists who have become part of a fifth column try to tell me about Christianity, and they will say, well, I've read the Bible. I probably know it better than you do. Well, clearly you don't know the Bible well, or you wouldn't be an atheist, because one of the key points in Scripture there is that atheists are literally the definition of foolishness. So we, we can say authoritatively, Rob Reiner, you don't have any authority to speak into Christianity, but he, of course, had to team up with Phil Vischer, the co-creator of the popular face-based children's cartoon series, VeggieTales. And, and Western Journal has this. You can see this. It's, it's crazy. So you have the VeggieTales co-creator teaming up with Rob Reiner to talk about how Christians, and specifically Christian nationalism, is bad. And here's what they, they say. Okay, they, they try to say that there is a hyper-nationalism. And, and here, I just want to read this quote from the Western Journal article. What happens when a faith built on love, sacrifice, and forgiveness grows political tentacles conflating power, money, and belief into hyper-nationalism? See, here's what they're coming against. This is where people get offended. Everybody's cool with revival, just like with the Jesus People Movement. Everybody's fine with revival because revival generally revolves around the evangelist, those that gather, the, the pastor, those that guard, and the teacher, those that ground. And revival is about gathering in. And so we're, we're fine with you bringing people into the church. Where they get offended is with dominion or reformation, which is revolving around the apostolic. That's why you have this huge Marxist attack narrative against the apostolic today because they don't want reformation. And you have these useful tools coming in and just parroting the Marxist attack narrative against the apostolic. And by the way, just as a historic fact, it was started in 2010 as a Marxist attack narrative in a political cycle, and you hear people coming against it today. So reformation revolves around the fivefold ministries, 
of the apostolic or the governing, the ecclesia, the prophet, those that guide, and also teachers, those that ground. And so you have a fence coming with, you could do revival, but we don't want you to do reformation, but you can't have one without the other. Revival has to lead to reformation, which changes the culture. Revival saves the individual. Reformation saves a nation. Revival is about the individual salvation. Reformation is about truth and justice and the establishing of the kingdom. So in other words, revival is about activating the kingdom. Reformation is about establishing the kingdom. And all the founding fathers, almost to a man and woman, believe this, including Thomas Jefferson, by the way, and including Ben Franklin. Because he said you can't build without God, otherwise you're laboring in vain. Ben Franklin said that in open debate. It's recorded. It's historic fact. You can't get around this thing. Thomas Jefferson went to prayer meetings in the Capitol, prayer meetings for the establishment of, of the new nation. And they said, no king but Jesus. This was a common refrain back then. Some people tried to debunk that, but it's not true. There, there are many different examples of this. So this new movie that he's coming out with is trying is a Marxist attack narrative. And, and these and people that are aligning with this are attempting to undermine, subvert, and destroy true Christianity, which believes in both revival and reformation. The communists do not want reformation. They will resist it at all costs. Because true reformation starts to change the system. And this is what Stephen was talking about when he said to the Pharisees, you constantly resisted the Holy Spirit because it would have changed the system. It would have transformed the system. And this brings us now to Readout News, great article by Sherry Diwali, fantastic. There is a new article, a new, sorry, video titled Christian Nationalism Isn't Christian, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so how do you define Christianity? Well, a Christian is a person who has accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and follows the teachings of Jesus Christ, the commands of Jesus Christ. Okay, so some of the commands of Jesus Christ are to be fruitful and multiply, to take dominion, and Jesus also said this. He said in Mark 16, what we would call the revival commission. Go preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out demons. In Matthew 28, he said what we would call the reformation commission. Go and make disciples, not of just individuals. He says, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching the nations how to obey his commands. That's reformation. So a Christian has to obey the commands of Jesus, which include those two commissions. And now you're stuck if you're honest and not intellectually cowardly. You're stuck because I'm going to say I'm a Christian because I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I'm water baptized. I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I am obeying his commands and a nationalist is a person who believes that nation states 
benefit from acting independently and that, oh, wait for it, Jesus Christ established nations. And guess what? He did. You can read it in Genesis chapter 10. Read the table of nations. God established nations, so God is by definition a nationalist. And what's even more interesting about that, Jesus very specifically throughout Scripture, you can read this in Jeremiah 24, says there is fruit of not just an individual, which is grapes, by the way, symbolized in Scripture, but there's also the fruit of nations, which is symbolized by figs. That's why the fig tree was withered when it should have had fruit. So if nations are supposed to have fruit, Jesus is acknowledging the place of nations and nationalism in his plan. And oh, by the way, he created all these different ethnicities and he died on the cross so that every ethnicity, if they accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, Every person, regardless of ethnicity, if they accepted Jesus Christ, that he would be with them forever. So Jesus Christ created ethnicity, not as a place of division, but as a place of unity. And in the Communist Manifesto in chapter 2, one of the specific goals of communism is to abolish nations and to abolish borders. Why? Because it's God's plan. That's why. When he separates the sheep and the goats in Matthew 25, he's separating nations, and he's judging them based on their fruit in the last great harvest. So when somebody says Christian nationalism isn't Christian, what they're saying is they aren't Christian because they don't believe in his commands. And that is, a, that is a heartbreaking thing. That is a sad thing. But the fact of the matter is, Jesus Christ has called us to be a witness to individuals and a witness to the nations. And we should obey those commands and walk down that road. So when you see these things come out, this new video up there in North Idaho, that is a fifth column in the United States that is bent on tearing down, undermining, and subverting the very core teachings of Jesus Christ all the way from the beginning in Genesis 1. And that brings us now to your daily intelligence briefing. We're going to run a little bit long before we bring our guest on. But first, coming to us from the globalist front, whoo! The full-spectrum asymmetric warfare on free speech. Oh, hey, wouldn't you know it? Wouldn't you know it that there is a technocratic attack on free speech? And why? Because if you have free speech, you can counter the Marxist attack narratives. And you know that truth will always win out. In fact, Vincent Veritas, our family motto, truth conquers. And it does, in fact, Conquer every time. And that brings us next to the good versus evil segment here in the briefing. Yuval Noah Harari, once again, hey, what if AI controlled all of the world finances? Well, 
This is his thoughts. I want you to hear it from his own mouth. Go ahead, play the clip. Fast forward 10 or 20 years, AI creates such complicated financial devices that there is not a single human being on earth that understands finance anymore. What are the implications for politics? Like you vote for a government, but none of the humans in the government, not the prime minister, not the finance minister, nobody understand the financial system. They just rely on AI to tell them what is happening. Is this still a democracy? Is this still a, a human form of government in any way? Notice what they're trying to do here. They're trying actually to reform the system. See, but they don't want you to as a Christian. Oh, no, no. They don't want you to take dominion. They don't even want you to talk about that because they want to keep control of power. That's why when Stephen said you persecuted even the prophets because the prophets came to guide the government. Those prophets, Jeremiah, for example, spoke truth to power in the government. They don't want you to do this. So they want control of the financial system. Hey, don't worry about it. Don't you worry one little hair on your head. We'll let AI do it. Because the alternative is the temple of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus Christ said the kingdom of God is inside you and in your midst, that's what they're afraid of being in control of the financial system. People who have a Christian, a biblical worldview, and who want to see the system transformed so there is prosperity for the greatest amount of people in the world. That's what they don't want. And look at what ha what's happening down in Argentina with Javier Malay. I mean, my goodness, they have a balanced budget and it took them two months. People say it's impossible here. No, they just want you to think that. Everything will turn around if Christians stand up and not just talk about revival, but also reformation. And that brings us next to the United States and Japan and Australia conducting a trilateral exercise in the Bay of Bengal. So this China front which we have been talking about is really starting to heat up. The Arleigh Burke class guided missile destroyer conducted trilateral exercise with the Japan Maritime Self-Defense Force and the Royal Australian Navy to strengthen interoperability and readiness between the nations. The exercise included several other uh, frigates and destroyers. But throughout this exercise, participants conducted these, these maneuvers with an eye toward... China. Also, will China have the manpower to take Taiwan? China recently tweaked its military recruitment regulations, sparking certain speculation it may be preparing for war of attrition over Taiwan. This month, Business Insider reported that China may be preparing for a drawn-out war after witnessing Russia's protracted conflict in Ukraine. And this Business Insider report noted that China's military recruitment regulations empowered China's leaders to tweak the terms and conditions of military recruitment during a war and would allow them to recall veterans to service, which is something that the Ukrainians and the Russians, by the way, are struggling with right now. Also, China is on, the full, is on a full-blown course of deflation. Car prices are collapsing. So I want to talk about this quickly. When, when currency, when currency, okay, the amount of physical currency increases, you have inflation. When you have assets 
and their value going down in price. So let's talk about buildings, houses, cars. That's deflation. Car prices in China are falling at a faster rate than in 2002. Also, direct investment in China is at a 30-year low. So again, all indicators of the Chinese economy heading south. And that brings us to the Middle East front. Brazil's president now persona non grata in Israel after comments. So Brazil's president made comments during a summit that compared Israel's current invasion in Gaza as similar to Hitler's actions during World War II against the Jewish people. Okay. So he's accusing the Jews of being like Hitler, even though it's a defensive war that wasn't started by them, but was started by Hamas. So anyway, Israel says, look, you're not, you're not welcome in Israel. I'm sure it really doesn't, it's not a huge deal, but we're going to see this polarization happening in the international sphere, uh, just like it's happening in, in the national sphere. We're going to see that continue to, to go forward. And all it just tells us is that as things progress in the Middle East, in this regional war that is already happening there, that people are having to choose sides. And Brazil's leader is choosing the side of China. Whereas, had the election actually gone the other way, and maybe it did, you would have, had a, you would have somebody gravitating toward the United States' sphere of influence. That brings us also to the Iran-backed militias have launched their first attack against U.S. forces in Syria in almost a week. So there's a bunch of pundits out there saying, oh, look at the Iranians who told their proxies to calm down and we're, we're going to see it stop. Well, it hasn't stopped. It's continued. And I would expect that to continue as the net closes in on the jihadists in the Middle East. And that brings us now to the Russia front. Bloomberg reports that the United States has informed its allies that Russia will have gained the capability to deploy its new anti-satellite nuclear weapon in space by the end of the year. Now, remember, we talked about this on Patriot Radio about what this is. Basically, a high-altitude EMP uh, that would take out satellites. But there's a couple of things that we need to talk about. First of all, I actually talked about this technology over... 10 years ago on Patriot Radio and many other analysts like some of our guests we've had on recently have talked about it. This technology has existed for a lot longer than even that. So suddenly this is an issue. The technology is already there. Why is this being brought up right now? Because I believe, again, this is an indicator of preparation for a world war very soon. Which brings us next to Putin won't stop. Those thinking Minsk III would end the war are showing gross naivete. And the only way to end the war is with Ukraine's outright victory. We must make it happen, Foreign Minister of Lithuania. More indicators of a war in the offing. And now moving to during a major meeting today featuring national intelligence and law enforcement agencies across Belarus, President Alexander Lukashenko claimed that Polish and U.S. intelligence agencies are preparing provocations against civilian centers in Poland, which will then be blamed on Russia and Belarus to start a war. Whether it's true or not, these are all indicators of where things 
are headed. And that brings us to the national front. If you don't know about Knights Bridge Research, you need to check them out. Texas building a military base on the border. Texas Governor Greg Abbott announced Friday a new Texas National Guard military base will be built near the border with Mexico. Uh, it, it is slated to house 1,800 soldiers and could be expanded to 2,300 soldiers. Uh, basically, that's, uh, that's about two battalions worth. 300 beds and supporting facilities will be completed in April, and then they'll keep building on and adding on to this facility. They're calling it a forward operating base. That is a very clear term of art being used that I would say acknowledges the crisis down there on the southern border. MAGA truck driver delivers message to liberals who became overnight experts on the trucking industry amid New York City boycott. If you haven't heard about this, New York City trucker boycott uh, is a result of the $350 million fine slapped on former President Donald Trump. But here's here's the point. What's happening right now is those people who are the members of productive society are saying, hey, cities, you actually need not only food from the farms that you so make fun of all the time, but you also need trucks to deliver them there. And that is on top of the 85,000 truck driver deficit that we have in the United States of America. Western Journal asking some really good questions here. Does New York actually know what it's in for? And it it shows, I think, the embarrassing lack of understanding on the left. Coming to us from World Net Daily, God help us, shock embalmer video reveals strange white fibrous clots, very graphic in nature. And this has been coming out over the last year. But now there is a a video uh, video from Richard Hirschman, a funeral director and embalmer from Alabama, who released a disturbing video on his social media account on Sunday that shows these fibrous clots being taken out of a body. So, again, more questions here. And lastly, coming to us from John Guandolo, this is what we should expect from a federal government giving grant money via DHS and FEMA to Hamas and the Muslim Brotherhood groups to physically shore up their buildings. Listen to this. Grant money is being given to groups with ties to jihad and and that have espoused jihadist ideology while calling patriotic Christians the greatest set to America. Think about that for a second. It's, again, the projection onto Christians of violence when they're actually preparing for it themselves. And that is the briefing. Remember, the antidote to dependency and socialism is to be a God-fearing, self-reliant, freedom-loving American. Thank you to everybody that has been watching us. And if you get the chance, subscribe to us on Rumble. Share, like, comment. Just give us your ideas and your thoughts on the, the shows and maybe who you would want on the show. And remember, coming up here on April 25th, General Flynn is going to be here in Spokane, Washington, screening his documentary. And then April 26th and 27th, the Pacific Northwest Washington Summit. Faith, family, and freedom with America's future. Amen. Look forward to seeing you all there. And we'll have that uh, ticket information out here very shortly. Pastor Casper McLeod is our guest today. He's a worship artist, a freedom fighter, author, patriot, and the loving caretaker of his horse, Bob. I love that. 
And we're going to talk today about Disease X. Pastor McLeod, it is great to have you back on Patriot Radio. I was delighted to be back with you. It's, um, so much going on, you, you were um, touching on. There's so many things happening simultaneously right now with, uh, you know, the American presidential selection, I mean election. <laughs> right. Along with the wars, the rumors of wars and famines and earthquakes and bioweapons and all this breaking out all at once, the natural disasters and the orchestrated natural disasters. And, of course, we have the Gates of Health Foundation and the World Health Organization's threat to uh, accidentally release on purpose uh, another possibility, now the colon disease X, uh, some new variant that they don't want to put a name to yet. There's no label for it for the World Health Organization, but I think it's probably because it's another um, scam to try to take over the world, right? Give all the nations um, sovereignty away. So, well, let's yeah, yeah a- I think I agree with you. I, I mean, I was going to agree that uh, we are potentially seeing World War Three, but I think it's already playing out. Uh, it's just not playing out with the traditional wars that we we've, we've seen throughout history. This is a uh, like almost mind games at this point. It, it really is. It's that fifth generation warfare, that battle of of narratives and ideas. And, and I just want to talk about this because they're already painting this narrative of disease X. And uh, this is what, who is saying how they would respond should the plan, next pandemic, disease X, come forth. Let's go ahead and roll that clip. The next pandemic is a matter of when, not if. And as things stand, the world remains unprepared for the next disease X and the next pandemic. It was also about fair allocation of means. It leads to bringing these uh, preconditions of a health system together, which is the time for a political response. And that is valid domestically in a pandemic as well as around the world. We have to build on technology, on data management, on artificial intelligence, viruses or vaccines. And then artificial intelligence can also help a lot, not only in drug discovery, it's a lot of potential there, but also in the administration of health systems. Wow, there it is. Casper, what do you think? Yeah, I think, you know, they are planning, they've been talking about openly a global economic implosion amid levels of debt. They can't, I mean, right now, how are they ever going to pay back the trillions of debt? It's not possible, really. And then you've got the rise of artificial intelligence, as they're, they're talking about, which is potentially... You know, I mean, we know what this is, the market beast technologies, the globalist, transhumanist, elite psychopaths are pushing to unleash the Great Reset, the New World Order, right, with Dr. Evil at the, at the helm. Right. Um, but, you know, the, the Word of God told us that there's going to be, you know, false price, false prophets, they're going to show great signs and wonders, and so much of it were possible, they should deceive the very elect. Um, I've studied that for a long time, but I've come to the conclusion that means the elect will not be deceived. But right now we're looking at how many Christians do you know that, that have you know, bought into the official narrative? How many people can you think of today that still believe the official narrative from 2020? But you know, I think that's changing. People are starting to realize that they've been had, that they, um, they, they created a, a vaccine and then they needed to come up with some kind of you know, disease to put it out there so they can sell their vaccine. 
So I want to talk about that quickly because th- th- there are Christians that are becoming, intentionally or unintentionally, it- it's really immaterial, they're becoming a fifth column. And I, I want to read this from Anatoly Galitsyn, who is a strategic planner for the KGB, wrote a book called New Lies for Old, and it says this, a special word needs to be said on the exploitation of religion and leading churchmen in the communist world for strategic political purposes. And he specifically gives the the uh, incident of where the patriarch of all Russia, an old KGB agent, accompanied a metropolitan, which is, is a fancy term for, for head of a, an Orthodox church, a Russian Orthodox church. And here's what he said. In the course of the tour, Patriarch Alexei and the Syrian Patriarch issued an official communique that stated, our standpoint of Christian love compels us to condemn everything that incites hatred among people and impels mankind toward a new world war and to bless any attempts aimed at creating peace between peoples and nations. We resolutely condemn any manifestation of colonialism as foreign to the spirit and the letter of the law of God. And what he was talking about there with colonialism was actually dominion. He was talking about any any establishment of Christianity uh, in in principle, uh, in transform, transforming systems as being a bad thing against communism. Well, of course Christianity is going to resist communism, but we can see this play out today where leading churchmen are now being used as a tool against those who actually believe Jesus Christ is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. What say you? I, I think it was a good example watching that hit play out in uh, Canada where the uh, Canadian government came in and uh, got the churches on board. Hey, we'll give you all this money if you just play along and get your people to take an unlicensed, uninsured experimental substance. So I think that's another component to what we're looking at right now. Um, it's a spirit of confusion. In fact, most churches won't share with you, but the word of God says, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Uh, it tells us in the end times that's what's going to happen, that they're going to, because, you know, they hated him, they're going to hate the, the body here. They're going to hate the church. So we're seeing that exactly playing out now. So how do we reach our friends who have bought into this narrative and have literally taken a Marxist attack narrative and made it their own. I mean, my goodness, the guy at who was a communist in Ethiopia. Everybody knows that. And yet it's like it didn't happen. Like his past didn't happen. And how do we how do we pierce through this kind of veil and wall that has been put up against the truth to our friends, our brothers and sisters in the church? I mean, it breaks my heart to see them parroting Marxist attack narratives and just go down this road to slaughter. I, I think um, throughout history we've seen something. The, the Lord has given us a very, very powerful tool called prayer, and yet we don't see the Christians actually getting together. It doesn't say, you know, if you fast, it says when you fast and pray. That needs to be done, right? Uh, Mary, Queen of Scots, had said she was more afraid of John... Um, Calvin uh, praying than all the, the armies of the world. So um, I think that is the number one solution, is the church needs to get back together and pray, and not these like little, you know, one-minute prayers that they, they do so commonly now. 
it means sincere pouring your heart out before the Lord and, and communing with Him. Mm. That How we should pray. I love how you just said that. It should be from the heart, which doesn't mean five minutes. It should be from the heart. And as we're pouring out that way, God wants to commune with us in that moment. He just wants to be involved. He wants to be invited in. Um, I wrote a book with um, Dr. Sherry Tampany, Dr. Carrie Marday, Dr. Lee Merritt, and Derek Gilbert, and it's called Solutions for the End Time because we came together with a few other friends and went, there's got to be a solution here. We can all offer a piece of the puzzle here. And uh, that is really the, the, the number one thing we need to be focusing on is, is that agape love. In fact, the Lord even took it further. There's a scripture the church doesn't like. He, he told us in, in Matthew, I think it's 544, but I say unto you, I'll give you a new commandment. Love your enemies, do good to those that you know persecute you, and bless them. Well, we're not doing that. I mean, I'm praying against the, the globalists as much as you are, but I'm also praying that if they're still redeemable, they get saved. Think about where they're going to spend eternity right now. Exactly. And yeah. let's talk about what what should people be doing here in the next year? Because you got guys like, you got atheists like Rob Reiner trying to tell us about Christianity. Well, you don't have authority to speak into Christianity, right? You've, you've already rejected it. You, you don't have authority. We'll still evangelize, but we're, you know, you don't have authority to speak into Christianity. So how should people be dealing with the, the narratives for disease X, the narratives of the new world order, the narratives that Christians should just stay in their prayer closet and never come out. Well, it tells us in Ephesians 5, 11, you know, expose evil. We're supposed to expose it. We're not supposed to just stand by, let it happen. Um, it, it tells us, um, and, and what you're just saying, you know, we, we've got a lot of false teachings. It says there's going to be false Christ, false, um, you know, prophets that's going on. I mean, I think, you all know Harari certainly at the moment auditioning for the role of false prophet, <laughs> him or the Pope, maybe both of them together. Um, but it says, you know, it's appointed unto men that once to die, then after that, the judgment. You've you got all these, not only communism, um, which never's worked, it never will work, and um, you've got the Hinduism and the Buddhism teachings about reincarnation. So we got people thinking, ah, you know, if it doesn't work out, they'll just come back as an insect, maybe they'll be Jimmy the Cricket for a little while and maybe evolve up to a, a rodent at some point and uh, work with uh, Klaus. So. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Well, I mean, that's, and that's the, that's the issue that some people, when it gets like this, they shut down instead of actually standing up. And the scripture has told us to stand up at Ephesians 6 during these evil days. We're supposed to stand. And if we can't do anything else, stand, right? And I want to go down this road of, okay, we pray for people, but what should we, what actions should we be taking to expose evil or even even to to preach the truth into dark places? You know, it's um like the Paul and on Mars Hill. You know, like hey guys, you got the unknown God. I know the real God, and he's eloquently you know brought them together. I think that's what we need to be doing right now, praying for those. Uh, we, we all know unbelievers, there's family members, there's neighbors, there's people you run into. We should be praying for them. And, and if you can't say anything, share the gospel. But, you know, if you really, really have to use words, we should be, we should be shining that light. 
because we're so in the Word of God that it, there's no other way, you know, it just, the light of Christ just shines through us. Amen. And how do we love? Like, what what is the, you know, when somebody's so, has expressed so much hatred towards you and is so vitriolic towards you and would want to see you thrown in prison or, you know, the communist solution, Vladimir Lenin was clear on it, would be to wipe Christians off the face of the earth. That's what he said. How, how do you how do you show love to those people, but without succumbing to their genocidal narrative? I, I think it's understanding who you are in Christ. Uh, our Lord hung on a cross after being incredibly tortured beyond anything anybody could probably understand or bear. And then it's hanging on a cross, said, forgive them, Father, they don't know what they're doing. Stuff in the, the, the first martyr, right? He said, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. They not discharged to them. So we've got to hit the heart of Christ. We've got to put on the mind of Christ and love not our lives on, on the death, but, you know, the, the, the testimony, you know, the, um, of our word, the revelations tell us. Um, so when you put Christ first, None of this other stuff matters. No greater love is there, you know, that someone laid down his life for his friends. I mean, when you understand we're immortal, all they, they can't kill you. All they can do is temporarily change your address, and then we're all going to become a big on flying white horses with the Lord Jesus, Yeshua. So, I, I, because what, what are they doing? They're working, they're, they're pushing a spirit of fear. There's always fear. Fear of what's going to come. Fear projecting into the future, something that hasn't even happened yet. Um, that's how they, they're, they're operating. That's how they shut the world down in 2020, using propaganda and fear, which is why the Nazis helped invent television in 1933 for the sole purpose of propaganda, which is like tell lies and visions, right? Televisions. That's exactly right. So, Pastor McLeod, we're out of time, but just in the last you know minute that we have, where should people go to get more information and, and find out more about you and also your music? Your music is wonderful. So, and, and it's it's a ministry. Music for you is a ministry. It is indeed. We just put out a new album with um, the full 32 healing frequency called Outstanding in the Field. My violinist and I did an acoustic album. We've got another album following up. will be coming out in a few months called Immortality. Um, the book is Solutions for End Times. It's on uh, the, the Upper Room Fellowship .org. Um, You can find all the books and music there. And uh, we do a weekly service, so people are certainly welcome to join in. I, I get letters every week, people telling me, why won't my pastor talk about these things? I don't know. I pray that he does. These are, these are you know, the times we need to be alerting the church as you are doing, sir. Well, it's going to take all of us, and I appreciate everything that you're doing in the cause of the kingdom of Jesus Christ, and blessings to you, and thank you so much for joining me on Pat, uh, Patriot Radio once more. Keep up the fight. You too, mate. God bless you. All right. Pastor Casper McLeod, and you can find him at caspermcleodmusic.com. Uh, he said something there really quick about the healing frequency. If you don't know what that is, go, go find out. Do a little bit of research on that. Very, very interesting. Uh, I, I just want to end the show with this again, you know, this, the, this fifth column that's being exposed now in America. 
um, working with atheists to attack other Christians. That's a fifth column. Or atheists trying to tell Christians what Christianity is actually all about. That That's a fifth column. Or people trying to say that Christian nationalism and paint it in this nefarious thing, and there's always this kind of racial overtone there. Um, when you're calling people Christian nationalists who are Christian, who believe that Jesus Christ created the nations, and Jesus Christ told us to disciple all nations in Matthew 28. So what you're really saying when you say that is that you're not Christian because you don't believe in the commands of Jesus Christ. That really is what we need to come forward with the truth right now, that Jesus was a nationalist because he created nations. And Jesus obviously is a Christian because he's the Christ. And he is our theology, not man. And what this fifth column is seeking to do is to take Marxist attack narratives and to bring in a theology that is of man and not of Jesus Christ. So in this time, 2024, stand up. Somebody says, oh, you're just a Christian nationalist. Say, well, what do you mean by that? What's your definition? Because here's the actual definition, and here is what the Bible says. It's a great opportunity to witness. This is Matt Shea. Thank you so much for joining me on Patriot Radio today. May God bless all of you, and he is making this generation the greatest one. The awakening is here. Keep up the fight.